You're listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with Outfluencer, Dr. Wayne Purnell. Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I am your host, Dr. Wayne Purnell, Dr. P, the Outfluencer and your powerful presence mentor. Today, I have a friend of mine with me. Uh, his name is Alan Kay. He uh, he is all about leadership. He's all about relationship-based leadership. And his business, well, let's just say that he makes insurance sexy. I mean, he brings it. <laughs> you know, you think about, well, I'm going to interview this guy that's all about insurance. And it's it's all about Alan. This is who he is, what he does, what he brings to the world. We all can take lessons from, from how he lives. So with that, I will say, Alan Kay, it is a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much, Dr. P. I'm so excited for this. I mean, this is really an honor to be, um, you know, interviewed by one of the best and uh, it's a long time coming here. So um, I don't know about insurance being sexy, um, but I will try my hardest. Well, you know, you, <laughs> you, you're you into like most people think insurance. Okay, well, my life is covered. My house is covered. My my, uh, you know, whatever, I, like I've got, I've got all I need. Don't talk to me. And you're into so much. Plus you do it with, with, uh, you do your biz with such, um, I don't know, elegance would be a really great word I would use for you. Um, you know, it's never about, Hey, want to buy my insurance? It's always about what do you need? Who are you? How can I connect people to you? Um, I want to make sure you're safe. Like all of that is is what I know about you. What I'd love to do though, Alan, is this, like you didn't just land in insurance. Talk a little bit about how you grew up. And I know your dad was a, was a Marine. He, yes. he uh, probably influenced you in that way. Um, I know that he started a major business in the nursing home industry. He probably, that probably influenced you as well. So can you talk about growing up and, you know, along the way, I'm going to be asking you about life lessons. What did you learn? And um, I might even stop you and go, oh my gosh, that was a life lesson. And you might even not know it. So yeah, <laughs> talk a little oh, bit about growing and, up. You know, yeah. And thank you. And from, you know, the time that we've known each other, I'm sure you've heard plenty of times where I reference both my mother and father because they're a huge influence on me, including my sister. Um, I was blessed. I, you know, I grew up in a really loving uh, household. And um, yes, my father being a Marine, um, there was very little tolerance for excuses, whining, or, um, you know, if there was a problem, he didn't want to hear about it. He wanted to hear about a solution. And um, I was raised with three very basic principles. Don't lie. Don't cheat. And don't steal because there is no second chance. And if I lose the trust, you know, my father was very quick. I, you know, I watched him move on from relationships very quickly. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I watched my father start off, you know, you know 
didn't really know what he wanted to do. And, um, you know, was uh, fortunate to have met someone in his life that took him under his wing. And uh, I watched my father start from nothing and build uh, this massive company that employed, you know, thousands of employees. And the most incredible thing, Dr. P, was these employees, they, they became family. And what I love is I see that in my own company now. Um, you know, my partner, Brian Lydell, um, is one of the most incredible guys. I am so fortunate to have a partner like that. And, you know, quite honestly, dating back to, you know, when I started in business, you know, I've met them all and unfortunately, you know, took my hits and trusted people and, you know, learned a lot as I went along. And, uh, it all made sense when I finally met my partner, Brian, um, it was all worth it. Uh, you know, like you said, I, I have a very interesting past. Did I ever think growing up, hey, I want to be an insurance broker? <laughs> Never. <laughs> Woo! What a career day, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> career day. You too could sell insurance. You too could become a broker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no one sets out down that path. How'd you, two things, before you get there, how old were you? Because I am absolutely certain that seeing your father build something from nothing and he mm-hmm. built this multi, it's not just multi-million dollar business. It's a way of helping thousands of people over the course of decades. And as you said, bring them in like family. That in itself is a, is a lesson. How, how old were you? And did you recognize the lessons along the way? I did. I did. And I'd say about the age 12 or 13, I really took notice of what he was doing. And, you know, to your point, Dr. Yes, he helped a lot of people, a lot of um, employees. But you know what I really respected? He turned the whole stigma of nursing homes, at least in our within our group around. I mean, this guy went up on holidays to cook for the residents. It was all about the residents. My sister was a social worker. Uh, She's now an administrator, but she was an ombudsman for the residents. It was all about the residents. And, you know, unfortunately in that business, it's, it's, you know, it's typically a machine. It's a billing machine. And um, we took a different approach to it. And, you know, I really took notice of that and I loved it. Listen, myself being an an animator, I used to go around to all the residents' rooms and just sit there and color with them. And I would draw, you know, whatever they wanted. And I love that. And that's how I learned I was an animator. I had no idea Um, about that, about you. Like, I had no idea that that was a part of your history, that you're an animator. Yeah, I was an animator. And it actually led into my first entrepreneurial business because I went home after doing this at the facility and I painted a jean jacket with the band rush, uh, an album cover on the back. And before you knew it, I had 35 jean jackets on my floor that I'm painting. And my father walks in one day and he says, how much you pay for the markers? And I told him, and he goes, how much are you making on the jean jackets? I said, no, these are friends. He just shook his head, turned around and walked out. And I said, that's your fault. Um, but yeah, so I went around and I posted flyers and before you knew it, I had my artwork in eight different stores and this was at the age of, you know, 14, 15, 16, uh, which led to a scholarship to the heart art school. 
Um, just, you know, again, ha- uh, being fortunate, having great parents, they let me pursue it. And I found I didn't like it. And I knew I always had the nursing home to fall back on. And I ended up back at the nursing home. And my office was floor to ceiling sports memorabilia, because that's a big part of my life, too, that you don't know about. My father, grandfather grew up by the Yankee Stadium and saved every piece of memorabilia. So about the age of 14, 15, uh, they started handing all this stuff over. And it was cards from the 20s, 30s, autograph books from the 20s, 30s, 40s. And we amassed one of the largest Yankee memorabilia collections dating back to the New York Highlanders, the 1880s. Wow. Wow. That's something. Yeah. And my father walked in one day and said, you have a year. Looked at all my memorabilia. He goes, go figure out something in this. Wow. I said, okay. Yeah. So I did. And I met one of my childhood idols, a right fielder for the New York Yankees, ended up running his company and marketing uh, 44 of the top Hall of Famers, you know, from baseball. Hank Aaron, uh, Orlando Cepeda, Duke Snyder. um, And it was just a dream. You were doing marketing for them? Yeah, all over the country. Um, Incredible. Yeah. And it was amazing traveling with my childhood heroes, my father's childhood heroes. I mean, there was nothing cooler, Dr. P, (laughs) than to tell my dad, hey, you want to come meet Hank Aaron? And he's like, what? And that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. That was my first inkling of learning that, you know what? You can get to anyone. And that's where my uh, whole passion for connecting dots really started. Because I'm like, wow, me, some, you know, no one out of Rockland County got to my childhood idol. I used to throw quarters at this guy in right field. <laughs> and here I was, you know, running around with him. Was that a friendly thing to do to throw quarters, or was it was back then? Well, the Yankees we would throw quarters for if it was the visiting team we would throw eight eight volt batteries, nine (laughs) volt batteries. (laughs) I can picture car batteries. Okay, so uh, that's amazing. I I did not know that about your journey. That's so good. Um, There's more. Uh, there has to be because we haven't even touched on insurance yet. Just that you're there. Know, trying so, to get there. So the, no, no, this is awesome. The, these are the things that, you know, to, huge lesson. You can get to anybody you want to. Um, yes. it's, just, it's really about having the guts to say, I, why not? Versus, yeah. oh, they'd never talk to me. Who am I? It's like, well, why wouldn't they? Right. And, um, and I'm sure there were a few hoops you had to jump through to do it, but absolutely you you were persistent. I had to, and, and fake it till you make, make it, you know, (laughs) I acted like I belong there and they believed it. And you know what? Eventually I belong there. That's awesome. Amazing. All right. So what, what next? Like in the story of Alan Kay, where, where did we go after Yankees? Spending a lot of time traveling uh, the country with these ball players, and unfortunately, one uh, day uh, when I was out west, I got a call um, that my daughter had a very high fever. She was uh, seven years old, and uh, 
didn't think much of it because up until that point, my life had always been pretty steady. We were never faced with any real obstacles, thankfully. And the following day, uh, the fever kept rising. And before you knew it, she was rushed to Greenwich Hospital. I flew home. And, uh, you know, everything started falling apart there. Uh, we met with a hematologist who told us it could be leukemia, probably is leukemia. Before you knew it, Dr. P, we're on a pediatric oncology unit at Cornell Wheel being told it's leukemia wow. with 40 somewhat kids and kids were passing away on a daily basis. I mean, it was, it was the worst nightmare I've ever experienced. And uh, met some pretty incredible people on that oncology floor that I'll tell you about. And like anything else in life, I really believe everything happens for a reason, because we were one of the fortunate families to walk out of there with something treatable. It was Crohn's. Mm. And uh, you know what? It was the happiest day of our lives, driving up the FDR, getting the heck out of the city and uh, bringing our daughter home. And I swore to myself, everything was going to change. Yeah. And immediately, you know, I used all my connections and joined four pediatric charities. Um, that following December, I took over Chelsea Piers downtown Manhattan, brought in nine Yankees, nine Mets, um, some celebrities, and we raised over 750000 uh, in one night. And for 14 years to follow, we did the same thing. And you know what? It all made sense to me. Yeah. I'm like, hmm. you know, because the prior years they were raising 90, a hundred grand. And then here this happens. And now I'm doing this thing. And, you know, again, I don't like to talk about what we raise and that kind of stuff, but you know, I'm very proud of that. Yeah. And As it, you it, should be. I mean, seriously, that's, you know, you, you raised the bar and that's, uh, that's another element of who you are. I think one of the reasons that you and I resonate is that there's this level of expecting excellence from the people yes. around us, yes. right? It's, it's like, we will expect excellence for ourselves. And therefore the people that gravitate to us are those that are living either in or living into a new level of excellence. When you yes. do that, I mean, that's, that's how you <laughs> seven or eight times the you know, 10x basically the the amount of revenue you can raise. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. And you Thank should you. be proud. I mean, that's um the the other part of that is what a gift to realize that, that would have crushed anybody, you know, you living on a on a pediatric uh you know P, I can't even tell you we were woken up at night listening to parents scream at the nurses station that their kid just passed. The most horrific things, and I just have to tell you a quick story. I was introduced to a nine-year-old on the floor dying from leukemia, and all he wanted to do was meet a certain Yankee shortstop, and unfortunately, we couldn't make that happen without an enormous appearance fee, which I could not believe. I said, you know, we're not doing autograph signings here. This is a quick hello. So anyhow, I had mentioned it to a good buddy of mine who was a wealth advisor. And if you know me, I am a Yankee fanatic. Don't even mention the Mets. 
now you can mention the Mets all you want because my buddy's client was a uh, rookie uh, third baseman, David Wright. He's just coming up, had, you know, some some popularity around him. And I, um, I mentioned this to the wealth advisor and he said, Hey, I'm going to have David call you, which I couldn't believe. I wasn't dealing with agents. I wasn't dealing with middlemen. Spoke to David directly, told him the story. And the first night we were on the pediatric unit, they rolled in a portable TV with a VHS. And now most of these People listening probably have no idea what a VHS is. I have, a wide, I have a wide audience. They're, they'll understand okay. what a cassette tape is and a VHS tape. Okay. Uh, and, okay. you know, it's like streaming except on a, on a, uh, you know, <laughs> anyway, it's, it's all good. Yeah. And it was the size of a dresser. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I'll never forget how frustrated I was that night to the point where I went in the bathroom and just, you know, I was hysterical. Um, I just, just wanted to get my daughter's mind off of this and where she was. And uh, there was a Disney movie and it was fluttering. And I could not believe that I was at 68th street, Upper East side, Mecca of the world. And these freaking kids up here don't even have a working something to take their minds off of this. Yeah. And I mentioned this, I mentioned this to David and Anyhow, fast forward, I get a call from uh, one of the attending physicians who I befriended, and he's hysterical. He said, David just brought the entire Mets lineup to the floor, including Omar Minaya, the general manager. Then went around to all the kids um, that he could, spent the entire day with this boy, Danny. The father called me crying. I mean, it was... I can't even tell you what this was like. Then two weeks later, I get a call from the unit telling me that David Wright just donated $9,000 worth of Sony bucks, all portable DVD players, televisions. I mean, for every room. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? From then on, and I went after every athlete and leveraged these relations and made them give up their time and their relationships. And because a lot of these people don't realize five minutes of their time, how much they can really change someone's life. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. So, um, yeah, you you may or may not know that I have this. Um, I have I have this. I'll take it off and show you the. Uh, the movement that I've started is called starts with one. Yes. And it's about being on uh, the other side of my bracelet says deliberately, actively, positively that with intention, one person can make a huge difference in another person's life. And you may not ever see the ripple effects that it, that it, it brings. You sure. lift one person by making a human to human connection and you've affected five people, 10 people, 10,000 people just by lifting one and the ripple effects. This, uh, you know, the, the, the gesture of bringing Sony equipment in 
is bigger than a gesture, right? It is a true gift that that yeah. lifts it lifts and continues to lift. Right? You you make a a child who is a patient, you make that that little person's life easier. It makes the Just nursing staff's bit. life easier, right? And and so yeah. the care that's being offered then becomes easier. So yeah, it's uh, and the family, right? It's like everybody, everybody gets to exhale just a little bit when just you make a little the, bit when you make their life easier. Yeah, that's yeah. that's right. And you know what, Doctor P, being there, you know, for nine weeks, that's all we were looking for—just a little breather. Yeah, yeah. Because that's where I realized I have no control of anything. You know, the doctor would walk in and immediately I'd start praying to myself, "Please, please, please, please let this be over." And it was progressively getting worse. And, you know, again, at the end, thank God we were fortunate. But yeah. in the beginning, it was really tough, Dr. P. I mean, you know, I would, please, please, please let him say something good. And it was just getting worse and worse. And all I needed was that one breather. Yeah. You know, I would go downstairs, I'd go downstairs to York and I'd just sit there and I'd, I'm watching people honk at each other on the street. And I'm like, my God, idiots, if you only knew what's going on upstairs. You would not be honking at that person. You don't know if that person in front of you just left here. Maybe that's what they're dealing with. That's incredible, right? That that perspective that perspective is incredible, right? We never know what someone else is going through, and never the you know the idea that well they've offended me, you know they cut me off. It's like yeah. they didn't wake up today to say, oh, who am I going to cut off today? It's yeah. you. They woke up trying to live their life. And, you know, for me, I go to a place of compassion. It's like if that person is driving that badly, I wish them well. Yeah. I want them to arrive wherever they're arriving safely. Exactly. Now, sometimes the, you know, I get a testosterone hit and it's like, Same what here. are they thinking? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then it's like, you know, I, I moved from what are they thinking to what am I thinking? Like, right. Just they're in their own space that I don't have anything to prove to them. And right. I wish them well, right. A little compassion, a little kindness. Uh, it goes a long way. And, and putting yourself in another person's shoes is, it, it, it's something worth practicing, right? Recognizing that what you do could make a difference to one other person. Absolutely. You're listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with Dr. Wayne Purnell. Want to move beyond kindness? Yep, kindness is nice, but it doesn't go far enough. Dr. Purnell has started a movement focused on rehumanization. That starts with one, you. Go to startswithone.com for a free and quite fun challenge. You'll get emails for the next 21 days to guide you to making a more significant difference in the lives of others. Startswithone.com. Startswithone.com. And now, back to One Sharp Sword cutting through to what matters most with Dr. Wayne Purnell. All right. So let's take us out of your daughter's illness. And I, I mean, that's incredible. Thank you. Let's and move. Can us. I just say, 
Yeah, of course. Can I just say she is amazingly healthy. Uh, senior, second semester up at Syracuse University. Um, I just want to give her a little plug, if I can. She's <laughs> she's an incredible entrepreneur, and uh, now don't forget about her business. Um, about two weeks into COVID, she noticed a lot of homeless people up in Syracuse and freezing and started a mm. charity called small goods project. And mm. she basically started going around with four of her sorority sisters, handing out Ziploc bags of socks, gloves, power bars, uh, hand warmers and, um, beverages. And it's grown to 65 kids now have GoFundMe pages in different cities doing this. We're about to file a 501c3 for her. She also started a clothing line with positive messaging um, that has blown up and influencers have just signed up for $40,000 orders. I mean, it's, she's absolutely incredible. So nothing makes me prouder. And I can look at my wife in night, at night and say, you know what? We've done good. Yeah. Yeah. Every step of the way. I mean, you, you, that's it. It's like, that's the, that's the measure. Right. And it's, it is almost a daily thing. And then you look back and it's like, where'd the last 20 years go, you know? Yeah. And you go, well, 20 years of building on, we, we've done good. We've done good. We've done good. Listen, we screwed up like everyone else. And we'll, you know, we admit that. And we tell our kids, we're very honest with our kids. Um, we have open lines of communication and the great thing, Dr. P about cell phones and texting, they have the ability to say things to us now where it's, you know, just, if you're not comfortable, shoot me a text. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But I want to know what's going on. I don't ever want you to be in a position that I was in. Cause I wasn't always comfortable telling my parents everything. Yeah. And I did some really stupid things growing up and it's just amazing. The lines of communication we have now. And I think building that is also intentional. And that's one of the lessons that, that we can offer our audience here is that building communication with kids, you know, before us in, in generations prior to ours, kids were to be seen and not heard. And right. of course there was rebellion and you and I are uh, of a like mind in terms of we must build uh, communication bridges to our kids. And even now mine will reach out and say, Hey, got a minute. It's like, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yes. You know what for you? Absolutely. Yes. And, and it's so, that is so heartwarming to know that that line of communication is always open. And, um, yeah, that's so good. It's so good. That takes work like any relationship that takes work. Right. So it's all yeah. work. It's all work. It's yeah. all work, but it's, it's put so intention important. behind it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So then what? Where, okay. where, where did the land of, uh, uh, or the path, the journey of Alan Kay? Yeah. How, how do we get, we're getting, like, hey, I'm going to be an insurance broker. How do we get from, um, wow, I built a, uh, I built a legacy of entrepreneurship left behind animation, cared for my daughter, and now what? Uh, yeah, so at, at the same time, I know, um, you know, being in the nursing home industry, having every family member involved in the nursing home industry, 
all you hear about in the home is what happened in the nursing home that day. And that's a topic of conversation to this day at every holiday dinner. And um, so I overheard my father complaining about workers comp. And this SOB broker showed up with a huge, you know, increase with no explanation yet again. And that was just in the back of my mind. And, you know, I got tired of the traveling with the athletes. I didn't want to be, you know, 3000 miles away. God forbid, you know, cause we still didn't, you know, my daughter was, you know, good, but we still didn't know. And, uh, I had a really good friend in town. He had some really nice cars. I said, Hey, what do you do? And he goes, Oh, I sell health insurance. Uh, you know, yeah, I know, you know, a lot of athletes. And he started telling, you know, saying this whole thing and wait, your family's in nursing homes, right? And sure enough, he talked me into go getting my licenses. Wow. So I got my licenses. And soon as I, soon as I started going for my license, my father's like, you better figure this out. So now I had his, you know, that pressure. And all I ever want to do is please my father, um, always seeking approval. <laughs> and um, just because, you know, I've always looked up to him and, mm-hmm. you know, for the, it was pretty incredible. Um, you know, I brought it into a publicly traded uh, brokerage and it just wasn't for me. I wasn't allowed to speak to my clients. They were being handled out of a call center and, you know, I've always been relationship guy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I identified, you know, my current partner, Brian, and loved what he was doing. Brian himself made a career change from being a renowned insurance litigator. He got tired of defending crappy insurance brokers. Hmm. So he opened up a small practice by his home. And uh, I joined him seven years ago. Yeah. About six or seven years ago. And, you know, We've grown it to eight offices, 60 somewhat full-time people, and we're about to hopefully open up our ninth office. And the best thing about it, Dr. P, is, you know, it's funny. Like when I first started this, my kids would tell me, uh, you know, my son loves the NBA. Okay. So I found someone who can get me to the person who can get me into the retired NBA players union. So I started doing the benefits for the retired NBA player. And you know, we were courtside. And, and then my son and daughter loved hip hop. So I started identifying certain hip hop artists. And then they became my clients. And my kids were going to their concerts. And it just, it's pretty amazing. Again, you know. I'll, I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> We have a lot of fun doing what we do. Uh, we leverage a lot of those relationships with our other clients to bring their kids. Um, I spend three months leading up to the summer getting most of my clients' kids internships, you know, through these various relationships. That's what I love. So, yes, it's insurance. We do insurance really well. I have really smart people behind me. But Give me a challenge. Tell me you want to get in that door, that door. That's what I'm really good at. That's awesome. I will build that relationship and uh, I won't let go of it. That's amazing. The, the amazing part of that is that that's not what brings you the money. That's just who you are, right? That's like, you're just, 
you're the connector and it's yep. not about, you know, pay me and I'll connect you. It's about, that's what I do. I know people, I'll connect you. Um, yeah. Is there anything that, well, I'll ask it as an open-ended question. What about the insurance business keeps you in the insurance business? What's like, do you, do you wake up every day with the idea, who do I get to serve today? Or do you wake up every day going, all right, one more, you know, how many more policies do we, you know, do we bring in? What do we need? You know, no, it's, we, we don't have quotas. Um, we have such a great culture in our company. And I really have to thank my partner for that. Um, as well as myself and my father. Um, everyone in my company is family and my partner, Brian and I, you know, March 20 something had a real serious call with each other. Like, Hey, there's some serious stuff going on here with the pandemic. You know, we just lost our largest hotel chain. Uh, we're about to lose this. They're going under. And we made a commitment to each other and to our company. We're not letting anyone go. We're going to figure it out. If Brian and I only take home a dime in 2020, that's what it's going to be. But we're not letting anyone go and everyone's going to eat. Everyone's going to live and we'll figure it out. And, you know, that's, that's my, that's how I'm wired. Yeah. So to have a partner on the same page, speaking the same thing, it was, it was almost like a day of like a hot, like an aha moment. And that really put such a fire to not only, you know, keep everyone on board, but you know what? We had one of our best years last year. That's amazing, right? That, that you're not the only person I've talked to who said that, where, yeah. where it's like, you know, all these other businesses, a lot of businesses have taken massive hits. Some are barely staying afloat at 40% of revenue targets. Uh, some have gone under some, you know, and, and the, uh, clients I have, they're like, yeah, we're about 7% off of where we wanted to be, but we're still ahead of last year. It's like, that's awesome. Right. So, yeah. so those are, the, <laughs> the it, it's amazing to say, okay, you know, you took, everybody was shut down for a period of time. You took a, a, you know, at least in my world, you took three to six weeks off, maybe nine weeks, maybe 12, you know, up to three months off, and you're still doing better than you did the year before. Let's leverage that, right? You, yeah. you figured out efficiency, right? So let me ask you a question about, about you, because I want to, I want to, uh, I want to make this in some ways, lesson-based, right? So if these are the takeaways kind of, right? So to to be focusing here, if if you were to take on a mentor, a mentee, sorry, if you were the mentor and you were to take on a mentee, what would be the top three things you'd tell them as what's needed for success? needed for success. Yeah. What's either been your path to success or, you know, in this world that's slightly changed from when you came through it, what's, what do you see that's now needed to become successful? 
you know, not to sound too cliche, Dr. P, but oh, feel free, be be cliche. First and foremost, you have to be authentic. I don't know about you. Um, I always go back to my uh, wedding day story, you know, where where my wife and I were drafting up our our wedding parties list, and I have 17 people. And she's like, what? She's like, where are we going to put everyone, and why do you have 17 people? I said, well, that's elementary school. That's junior high school. That's high school. That's... She goes, you still speak to elementary? I said, absolutely. You don't? So, um it's funny. I do actually. I it's it's amazing. Yeah. I do. Yeah. And you know what? Unfortunately, I lost my mother about three years ago, and the only people that really got me through it were the people that grew up in my house and knew her. And mm. it was so amazing. Those people reached out even before you know my closest friends. You know, currently. Yeah. So yeah. to me, that was so important. And it really got me through. I mean, because all we did was laugh about stories, how she used to kick them out of the house or, you know, whatever it was. Uh, Two, don't burn a bridge. Because you never know where that person's going to pop back up. And I'm telling you, they pop back up. And I always say to myself in the back of my head, my God, thank God I didn't tell them what I really felt about them. You know, the 24-hour rule. Yep. Let it simmer. Because I promise you, the following day, you won't you won't feel the same about it, and you know it's it's not worth it. It's not worth it. You're not going to get anything out of it other than a reaction from that person. That and then you're just going to go down that rabbit hole. It's so true. The uh, you know the the sub lesson here is when you're feeling something that strongly, it's actually about you and not about them. Yeah, which, which is why the twenty-four hour wor- rule works. It's like, okay, give yourself some time to get perspective. Right, that's Absolutely. the that's the thing that's lost in the heat of the moment. And my mother always told me, you know, it's people aren't conspiring. People like you, like you mentioned that day, people yeah. didn't wake up that morning to, to oh, I'm going to get behind that guy and honk at him and you know drive him off the road. Right, no, right. Have no that idea guy what's going on. Yeah. And so, and quite honestly, like my parents told me, get over yourself. You're not that important. People aren't thinking about you, you know, uh, so uh, viciously. So it's true. Um, let me think of the third. You know, this is how I, I never like to complain. I wasn't allowed to complain. I wasn't allowed to whine un- unless I had a solution. So, you know, what you find in a lot of workplaces is people, you know, the troublemakers, they go from office to office, you know, complaining, whining, you know, but they never have a solution. It's just an endless list of problems. And you know what? It's not just limited to their work. I'm sure it's in their family. I'm sure it's anyone they meet throughout the day. And I'm always open I let all my employees, we're open to any new ideas. You know, let's shift. If that's a better way of doing it, great. I want to hear it. Um, yeah, I would say either that or, you know, take it, take a second and empower someone. It's very easy to empower someone. You listen to them, uh, you know, make, make them feel good about themselves. Do something good for them. 
It's good for you. It's good for them. It's a very easy formula. I, I am 100% certain I've never met her and I haven't really ever talked to you about her. I'm 100% certain that your mom taught you to leave a place better than you found it. That's it. Absolutely. And, oh, and, and you when gave you give me the chills, when you do that with another human, you leave another human better than you found them when they first came to you. Then what you've done is you've opened up their world and who knows, you know, what's next for the two of you, for that person, for that person. And, and again, it's back to the ripple effect starts with one. So empower others. I want to go through this really quickly. Be authentic was the first thing you said. Yes. That is surprisingly more difficult than most people realize. It's easy to say, be authentic. And, and yet, if you show up with insecurity, you won't be authentic. If you show up in the space of, what are they thinking of me? I should probably say this because then they'll think better of me. Maybe I should dress this way. Maybe I should. And if there's ever a should in that thinking, your authenticity is broken. True. Right? True. So. Yeah who am I? And unapologetically, like if I don't know something, I'm going to say, I didn't know that. Right. How do I find out? How do I learn more? Um, if I do know something, um, it's, it's going to show up without judgment. Hey, let me contribute. Here's something you may not know. Right. So yeah, huge, right. Being authentic. Weekly, I bring that up weekly to my producers in my company. If you don't know something, there's no issue whatsoever telling the client or prospect, I don't know. Let me go look into it because the last thing you want to do is look like an idiot. And, you know, especially when you're dealing with people's livelihoods. Yeah. And right. I have no problem saying, hey, you know what? Let me check on that or let me go because, you know what? I'll find the expert that that can tell you exactly what you're looking for. And that's, um, that's huge because what you just said was you don't want to look like an idiot. And most people will go, well, I don't want to look like an idiot, so I'll make something up instead of right. I don't want to look like an idiot. Hey, I'm going to get you the answer that you just asked for. So that's authenticity. That's, uh, that's awesome. Um, don't burn a bridge. Fantastic. Truly good. You never know right? You never know. Now it's up to you, your choice, whether you reach out to somebody that's been sort of a poo head to you or to others, like you get to choose your level of excellence. You yeah. don't just cut it off though, right? It's, you get to choose whether to reach back out or how you want to engage. So don't burn a bridge. I love these. I love, I love these. Um, so be authentic. Don't burn a bridge. Be solution focused. So many people live their lives offended, right? Yeah. And it's almost like a badge of honor, right? right. Oh, I'm offended. It's like, yeah. no, nobody cares if you're offended. Like, right, right, right. Uh, you and I were speaking before we started our recording about somebody who lives their life in the space of, you know, demanding or wanting or needing and, and is unclear why people won't give just, well, it's like, okay, um, you know, and, and, and the comments that are made like, well, that's, that's fine. I'll just, you know, I'll figure it out. And it's almost like, oh no, 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 we'll, we'll figure it out for you. Right. There's I no one that's, that's here. 
Say it again. <clears throat> and that's what they're waiting for you to say. Exactly. Oh, no, 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 I'll help. Right. So it's okay to help. But if you live your life in a space of, oh, I need rescuing, you're in deeper trouble than you know. So snap out of it, right? So don't burn a bridge. Uh, be solution-focused. Don't live your life offended. Um, and then really to touch others' lives, to lift them. You know, one of my sayings is lift as you lead. Like your job as a leader is to reach your hand back and bring people with you because you've run the miles. Show them how to do it, right? Empower others to live into a, a, a bigger version of themselves, not into a version of you, but into a bigger version of themselves. That's true empowerment is giving them. I, I, I think of, it's interesting. I think of empowerment as almost a wizard of Oz phenomenon because it's not like you have the power to make somebody something different by empowering them. You're basically saying, Hey, lion, you have the courage, right? Yeah. You and, and let yeah. me show you where it is, and that's pretty. That's pretty special in in itself. So, yeah, and you whoa. personalize it because you know. Again, I have not gone into all the failures, and there's been plenty of failures on this journey. Um, I can't even tell you how many times I've been taken advantage. Because listen, I tell my kids on a daily basis. A lot of people, part of my French, suck. <laughs> I mean, they have their angles. They're coming in for a reason. And, you know, I was raised again, help everyone. So I've met them all. And I've been taken advantage by the best and, you know, live and learn. Um, the good thing is, is I don't carry that around with me anymore. I do carry it around in the back of my head as lessons, as red flags. And I'm very keen to those. But listen, I give people every opportunity to show me why they should be in my lives and why I should help them. And you know what, if they end up taking advantage of me, it's their loss because they're going to lose in the long run. They, they would have done better off in a longer strategy with me to uh, just be genuine um, because nothing makes me happier than getting that person to the next level or getting them out of there, you know, getting their, out of their dark spot. And, you know, I think back to my father again, where I didn't know if I wanted to go into insurance and I didn't know if I wanted to do this. And, you know, I had a, I had a young child. My father said, so get a second job, get a third job. And I'm like, what? And he goes, you have a family. It's no longer, you have a responsibility. And, you know, to myself, I said, oh God, I knew I should have called my mother instead, but you know, it's, it was that simple. Don't com don't complain. You're in charge. Do whatever you want. Make money. Don't make money. Provide for your kids. Don't provide for your kids. It's that simple. That's <laughs> that's that is the lesson, right? That you're in charge. You yeah. there there's one person responsible for the outcomes you're seeing in your life, right? That's just yeah. one person responsible for the outcomes you're seeing in your life. That's what, you know, sometimes uh, that's a huge focus in the breakthrough success coaching that I do. The mindset work is, well, let's take a look at what you're really responsible for. Let's take a look at what you really have control over. And, and you know, you shine a light on that and, and the beam goes broader. <laughs> it's like, yeah. look at all the things you could you could dive into. 
so it, it's kind of exciting. That's great. Anything else you would like to offer as we uh, come to the to the close of this segment? Anything else that we didn't touch like on I, that you were you were hoping I would ask you? Anything else? No, I just feel like I have to mention virtual five o'clock only because to show others out there that if you are the woe is me person or what am I going to do? You know, again, March 13th hit and the city, the world shut down. And yeah. I know you've heard this story plenty, but Lane and myself, we had a networking dinner like we did three nights a week prior to COVID that was shut down. And now me as a sales, you know, a connector, what, what am I going to do? And, you know, we registered virtual five o'clock. We had that Zoom the following week. And here we are 10 months later with just the most incredible community of givers. And it's been a dream. I mean, you know, I consider you one of the closest people in my life, yet we still haven't met. Right. But I literally, I see you on screen and it's, it's just, it's just a, it's a comfort feel. I can't explain it. I feel like I could reach out to you at three in the morning with one of those texts. I don't know why. But you absolutely could. And and that's the sense that, you know, what you've built with Virtual Five O'Clock, I feel so blessed to be connected with you there. Uh, yeah. we, we've become uh, like we, we've found each other as brothers. It's been yeah. so positive. So positive. I probably would have never have met you if it wasn't for that. True. Unfortunately. Very true. That's awesome. Um, I'll put V five O in the comments. Do you want to talk a little bit about it? Talk about, I'm sorry. Uh, about V five O. Do you want to talk about it? It's one of the, it's one of it, No, it's not one of it's the best networking group I've ever been in. Um, it's not one of the best. It's the best networking groups I've ever been in. It is nationwide. Um, and there's no reason why, you know, if you're listening to this from around the world, there's no reason why you can't join as well. So it could be international. Um, right. So the idea is, pardon, that's our intention. Listen, we're just looking for great people. Uh, our community consists of, this has been a dream of mine. It's a blank slate, uh, networking prior to COVID, you know, People would show up to restaurants, you know, some would show up for drink, show, so, some would show up for food, some would show up for the celebrities, you know, not always necessarily there for the right reasons. We created a community here where, and you've witnessed it, people come on, you have a need, you have an ask, you have a, a book, a podcast, something you want to promote. You have a whole family around you that are going to do nothing but promote, enhance and um, it's it's a dream of mine. Yeah. This is, I mean, it's I, I can't say enough about this community. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, you I mean you've got a lot to be proud of. I mean, that's you you've built a community where the culture is. You come in as a as someone who wants to give, wants to lift, wants to empower. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, and it's it, Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, it's because of professional like you. I mean, it's just you've you're such a big part of this. I mean, every day I speak to someone and they're like, oh, I just got off the phone with Dr. P. He's amazing. He's gonna do this. And, that, and so I I you know I can't thank you enough 
for because I know how busy you are. And uh, it's just incredible. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. And to not only get to speak to you, but then to, you know, there have been instances where your father's on in the background. And you know what? That's, it's just, I love it. It just humanizes everything. It just, it just takes everyone's guards down. I can't explain it. It's just, I, I wish I can put it into words. It's just, so it's good. special. It is special. It is special. Special group of special people uh, with big hearts. You know, you you and Lane, and I will have, uh, Lane Frank is his name. I'll have him on uh, our show pretty soon. My other um, good. If, if people want to reach you to find out more, about you, about the insurance biz, about your history, about connecting. How do they find you? Uh, obviously, you could always email me at alan at fidens.com, F I D E N S.com. I'm on LinkedIn, Alan K, K A Y E. And uh, yeah. That's awesome. Always, always. All right. Sorry. No, go ahead. Do say, say your thing. I don't even know what I was going to say. You're, <laughs> you're looking forward to, I don't know, connecting or seeing more great people. I don't know what you were going to say. It's so good, Alan. It's so good. Uh, it is always a pleasure. And um, thank you. Thanks for joining me on One Sharp Sword. Cutting Real through. Honor. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dr. P. It is, it is so good. All right. Well, with that, this is One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I am Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell. My uh, guest has been Alan Kay, a true, amazing gentleman in the world, a force of good. So thanks for listening, and um, we'll see you here next time. Love you, Dr. P. Thank you. Thanks for listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most without Fluxer, Dr. Wayne Purnell. For more information, please go to onesharpsword.com.